If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. And that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Welcome to Gold Medal Loser. I'm Lolo Jones, and I talk to some of my favorite people about their greatest victories, lowest moments, and everything behind the scenes that the cameras didn't see. Our guest today is Olympic volleyball player Carrie Walsh Jennings. Welcome to the show, Carrie. I'm so excited to have you on. Ah, they long time no see, kid. I just saw you a few days ago. <laughs> I know. That was good fun. And you're still going. How are you feeling? I'm doing good. Hey, this is not about me. This is about you. Uh, no, but it was cool to see, actually, you know, on the other side of things with uh, working with NBC, uh, both of us getting our little feet wet in oh, the commentating side. So, Well, you like you it? were the hostess. You did incredible. I was so, I mean, I only had five minutes with you, but I was so impressed with wow, your ability to be, a, I swear to God, lying. I'm not blowing smoke. <laughs> like you're a natural. And I was talking to your team before and I just, I want to hear you talk more because you're wow. so thoughtful and have lived so much. And Don't on NBC, this is a podcast and I oh, will talk forever. Well, yeah, well, it's valuable. So... Gary, we have to go over some of your stats. I mean, we might be here actually all day. So but let's just get to the if people don't know about you, which obviously they should because you're a household name in the Olympic world. Carrie, you have uh, an older brother, uh, two younger sisters. Yeah. You're married to a beach volleyball player, uh, Casey Jennings. Uh, you guys have three kids. Wow. Sons, Joseph, Sundance, and daughter, Scout. Scout. Yes. Those are great names. Power names right there. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah. You're going to have to help me name my kids in the oh, future. The honor. And you also competed while pregnant with Joseph following the 2008 Olympic Games. I remember that. And I was like... I can't even compete after eating a burrito, and you did it while. <laughs> Who can? <pregnant>. So <laughs> that was rock star move. Um, you were pregnant with Scout during the 2012 Olympic Games. Wait, what is that like your secret weapon? Just <laughs> pregnant at games? Like, what is going on here? Yeah, you guys are really excited, huh? Yeah, <laughs> really excited for the Olympic movement. <laughs> you gotta wait, you know, like you're pent up, you're ready. <laughs> you were also inducted to the Stanford Athletics Hall of Fame in 2011, and into the Pac-12 Hall, Hall of Honor in 2018. And you as well, on top of being an Olympian, mom, Hall of Fame, you started your own company, P1440. Did I say that right? You did. Platform 1440, but P1440. Platform 1440 in 2018. So you are a busy, busy uh, person. And now we have to talk. That was not even your athletic stats. Your athletic stats include uh, 2016 Olympic Games, bronze medal, 2012 Olympic Games, gold medal, 2008 Olympic Games gold medal 2004 gold i mean 2000 games fourth place i mean this list is just uh, that's just your olympic resume we're not even talking about your world championships your just oh, career in oh. beach volleyball so um wow you just made me feel like i did nothing in my career <laughs> shut your mouth that's, <laughs> that's not allowed this journey is so medals, gnarly okay oh. all okay so you got all these golds bronze uh yeah. you want to like let me loan that bronze. I mean, you got the no. gold, gold, See, gold. You're going to earn your own. I'm so excited <laughs> to cheer for you in a couple months, Lolo. That poor bronze medal just sitting in your house. Like, why am I even here? Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> no, she is gorgeous. 
and <laughs> she is fuel for the fire, as you know. Those disappointments, man. And she's I not a disappointment. It. Like, we had to win, you know? Like, yeah, you had to fight for that bronze. Because we you lost. Had to fight for every medal. Yes. Um, yeah. For your other highlights, you have become the most decorated beach volleyball Olympian of all time after winning the bronze in 2016. So that's why she's important. Uh, um, you, and with yeah. your uh, three golds, one bronze, uh, I mean, that's a huge honor to be the most decorated Olympian, beach volleyball Olympian of all time. And you're one of only three U.S. beach volleyball players with more than one Olympic medal. Also, Misty May, Mm -hmm. Trainer, and April Ross. And then you hold the record for tournament victories. So that's what I like this stat because this shows how dominant you are, not only at the Olympics, but just in playing beach volleyball, uh, which is an incredible feat with 135 and for career earnings with what you made this much money. We put your money out there. Oh, what? my gosh. We got your money, girl. I've been I playing for 20 years. <laughs> wow. In career made. earnings, you have earned $2,648,135. Oh, A girl is paid. I can't believe we got that stat on you. <laughs> low, low. <laughs> we went there. Uh, and you and uh, Misty May Trainer won 21 consecu- consecutive Olympic matches and only lost one set to yes. Australia. Austria in 2012 during their 11 year run together. Just a reign of terror. Jeez. Yes. And I hope I'm not done yet. Everything you just said, gosh, I just want more, Lolo. I like it. Uh. I like it. You know why I like that? Because you would know this very well. The Olympics comes around every four years, well, five this time, and it's always highlighting the younger athletes. And I get that because we want to have that new energy. We don't know about them. Um, And then when they get their medals, it's like, yes, like they did this. Um, But I think it's really hard when you're old in the game (laughs) to keep keep at it. It's like, I feel Uh like the pressure just gets more and like your body is like, hey, whoa, I got more aches and pains. What are we doing here? So I love that you want to keep pressing it. I'm not even going to press you on your retirement question because we get that. You probably were getting the retirement question like what, around like 27? Oh, Ah, no, because beach volleyball were kind of an older sport, you know, because it takes time to get on tour. Well, once I had my first child, they're just like, uh, the assumptions that you're done are Mm. like loud. And then now that I'm 42, I'm 43 in a week, um, like I'm like written off, you know, so um, in so many other people's minds and I'm trying to figure it out. But yeah, you're right. It's, It's a privilege to be an older athlete. I mean, the wisdom that comes with all those reps is gnarly. My body generally feels pretty amazing, which I'm so blessed to have. Um, you know, so when you commit to another Olympics, as you know, it's like, it's not just about the body. It's like, how's your mind? How's your heart? How's your life going to be as you tackle this next dream? You know, do you want it bad enough to sacrifice in all those areas? And that's what I'm trying to figure out. Well, that's strong. We definitely need to talk more about that. I can't wait to dive in with, well, should I say, you're not a swimmer. What should I say? You can say I dive all the time. I can't wait to hit it. I don't know. (laughs) I need a good segue here, Carrie. What what, what do you guys say? I mean, we, we bump, set, spike. We no. hit it. We we do dive. We you did. You guys don't have any cool things like runners. I want to run oh. away with this. Like, you know, oh, like, you guys don't got that. Mm. Sorry, Gary. We got to go to the next it. segment. You guys don't have anything, so we're just going to the next segment. <laughs> segment. You're the queen, kid. So, Carrie, we talked earlier about your prize money earnings. And so now I have to ask, what was the first thing you remember buying with your own money? Oh, I like this question because it's still in my... I have the worst memory in the world, but I remember this. So after Misty and I won in Athens 2004, um, the Athens airport, I remember I bought an Hermes bag that was maybe two grand. 
and I had never ever yeah done you were that probably doing that right I and i still I bought, have it i bought my first bag like that and i was like oh this yeah. is so dumb but i want to do oh, it how cute. Right well mine was a little more practical as a carry-all you know it wasn't like a little oh, purse thing and, and it's still my favorite wow yeah. we'll check that out right man. that's an investment and my daughter's yeah. gonna get it one day so we're all good I mean, that's 2000 off of, you know, over $2 million. I say that you are definitely not living it up like a Kardashian. <laughs> you're not, One day, you're, not, you're, not, you're going crazy. So you're, you're being smart with your purchases. I, I like it. It's a, it's a, yeah. it's a modest, you know, I mean, 2000 is an expensive bag. Don't get me wrong. No, he went out and bought a free Ferrari. <laughs> no, for sure. Maybe that could come, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid forties almost. So that could come with a midlife crisis. We shall see. But you know, thank goodness for brand partners, as you know, because you don't make a living off of prize money. And now I definitely want to dive more into your company, Platform 1440, because not many athletes have time to even do hobbies, let alone start a whole business. So <laughs> tell me about this. What is it? Uh, why was, what was your inspiration for starting this company? Yeah, well, we the idea for it came after the 2016 Olympics. Um, I kind of got into a battle with our domestic tour, the AVP, and I just thought, you know, the sport was suffering, the athletes were suffering, no one was being treated well, and instead of complaining and you know trying to push for change that wasn't happening, I just decided to walk away. I didn't want to settle for status quo anymore, and so my husband and I, along with our co-founders, the Mays family, we launched platform 1440, P1440. And basically it's just in service to the sport. You know, we want to create more opportunities. We want to create choices for the athletes because if there's only a monopoly, then you're stuck in the system. What kind of choices are you uh, To compete, you know, different places to compete. Um, Like right now, literally there's one domestic tour and on domestically and there's one there's one international tour and you have to bow down to whatever they say. So we thought as lovers of com- competition that you bring more competition and everyone is going to rise and elevate. And so we started focusing on the elite because we wanted to, you know, kind of go with the pros and then trickle down and have the sport grow that way. But the elites are stuck in the system and so we said okay, you, you're not ready for us yet. Let's focus on the juniors. Let's focus on the college. And so that's what we're doing with 1440. We had over 100 events that we we had for juniors this year, boys and girls, mostly girls, but we want to grow the boys game as well. Um, now that NCAA athletes can get paid, we're working at a scholarship model where we can they can compete in our events and earn scholarship money, you know, go, to go toward their college careers. Um, so Will you we change that now with the new NIL rules uh, that maybe they could have prize money or can they not have prize because it would compete with amateur status? No, they can, I, I believe they can take money. And oh. so, but instead of just saying, here, here's a, here's a prize money check, we really want to be a little bit more thoughtful and elevate it and give college scholarship money. You know, it's the same thing really, but we just want to package it a little bit better and a little bit more meaningful because these athletes, we basically want to create a path to the top, you know, and we want to integrate our whole system. So they have our events to play and it's all working toward the end of the year, college scholarship money. And along the way, as they're competing, they get to be seen by these college coaches. They get to be recruited. So we're developing their brand, their platform. And then, you know, hopefully they'll take the sport and grow it along with it and give back, uh, you know, what's been given to them and just kick butt. How many years out do you think your company is from garnering the elite uh, beach volleyball players uh, into your platform? We have the elite juniors, 100%. And we're working the, now with the college stuff, you know, with the rule changes, we're going to focus on the colleges this year. And, you know, we're going to have tournaments for them to compete in and they're off time. So hopefully we'll get the best of the best this year in 2021. And then as far as the pros, I don't know, Lolo, you know, they, they have to want us. 
you know, mm-hmm. and they didn't want us before and it caused a lot of friction. And I don't want to cause, I want to disrupt, but I don't want to like, you know, we have so much disenfranchisement and I really believe I come from an, like an attitude of abundance. Like it's not one pie that we're cutting up. Like we're creating new pies of opportunities. And so we come from that model. Um, but ideally, you know, we serve us the pros in the next couple of years. Absolutely. But that's not our focus. Yes, this is this is huge. And I know it was honestly probably harder. I mean, I don't know for you probably make an Olympic team is easy, but no, to start well, I didn't own. make it this year. Oh, uh, yeah. But <laughs> so. I mean, this, this platform is so tough because we deal with this in track and field a lot. We have the Diamond League um, and people have been trying to uh to you know create a competing resource so the athletes yeah. don't are not forced to just compete in the diamond league because the prize money has continued to diminish over the years and so that's essentially what you're trying to do yes. like uh you're essentially trying to like if we're just to break it or make it easier for fans that don't know sports mm. you're essentially if the olympics is the only way to compete you're trying to create another olympics so it's very powerful and um i wish you a whole bunch of success on that because i know it will change athletes' lives, so yeah. it's uh, it's pretty incredible what you're doing. Well, thank you. Well, and as you know, like to be a popular Olympic sport is such a blessing, but if that's all you are, it's such a curse because you're only what relevant for two weeks once every four years. And so for me, as someone, when I had that realization, I almost, I literally started crying. I'm like, the Olympics has made my life. It's like being brought so many opportunities, but only only four athletes per country maximum can go and compete. So you have thousands of humans wanting to compete and wanting to chase their dreams that might not be Olympic dreams, but they're just cut out of the whole process. And so that's what we want to do with 1440. And you're right. It's gnarly. Being an entrepreneur, <laughs> low, low, like I'm used to living and dying by my own performance, like my own timeline, setting my schedule. And now I'm so reliant upon the marketplace and people's feelings. And this is my baby, but not theirs. You know. But we have an amazing investor, uh, Teresa Gao, who is one of my heroes. Um, she really supports uh, women's initiatives. She loves the sport and she believes in it. So we're partnered with her and we have a, a really small but amazing team. And with that, that's all you need, really. And then a lot of persistence, obviously. And now a message from Discover about rewards. If you're a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for your loyalty, preferably with something that's useful, like cashback match, for instance. Discover matches all the cashback you've earned at the end of your first year. Finally, rewards that make sense. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Look, you're a rock star. And just the other day talking to you, I was getting a wealth of knowledge just because you were talking in like, for you, it's natural. But I was like, when you were talking, I was like, this is why I don't have an Olympic medal. You were talking about mental toughness and all the things you kind of overcame. And I was just like, wow, she's like, she really knows how to to win here. I know how to fail too, clearly, (laughs) which is is part of it. Like, I really believe, and I have to believe, I know you're, you're a woman of faith, like you walk by faith every day. And I think that's such a benefit to being an athlete because there's so many unknowns. There's so many things out of our control. And to me, my faith has been my guiding light and knowing that I meant I'm built of the creator, right? Like I'm in good hands. I'm I'm built Mm -hmm. from good stuff. And so when it comes to failures, I've had too many to list. Um, I'd say my biggest failure is not qualifying for this Olympic games. Um, And it's not that we... I know, but you were so close, right? You guys were oh. like, weren't you guys ranked one or two the whole time leading up? We and, were two like the, the whole last time. minute. Yeah, but and then I th- we finished eighth in the Olympic ranking, but they only take two teams and the two teams yeah. were above us. But Lolo, it's not that we didn't qualify. It's just how we didn't qualify. I, for the first time in my whole life, like sometimes I have a bad match or a bad tournament, which is devastating. I had a bad year. 
And I just mm-hmm. wasn't, and it was, it was so emotional. You know, I'm so caught up by the way of the world and I'm a mom now. And like, I'm so, I just want the world to be right and people to do right actions <laughs> and to yeah. let people live and let live. And I, my focus was, I was so obsessed with training and competing, but I was also obsessed with, I want to leave this world better for my children. And I think the heaviness of that, no excuses. It was just in my way. And I could never be where I was at a hundred percent. And you have to be present to be great, you know? And so unfortunately, um, I played like crap all year and we didn't qualify. And so that to me, it's again, it's not the not qualifying. It's the fact that I, I'm paid to show up, I'm paid to win. And I didn't do either. You know, I Uh, tried with all my heart. I put everything into it. And yet, you know, it just was a poop show. Well, the takeaway from that biggest failure is you said that you have to be present and that's such a hard thing to do because especially as an Olympian, you start thinking about like Olympics, medals, and like you can be overwhelmed with that. And um, so I think that that's just a good advice for anyone because when you're having these big goals, like whether it's to start a business or uh, to lose, you know, maybe you want to lose 30 pounds, like that can be overwhelming you have to the key is staying in the moment taking it day by day like you know you want to lose the 30 pounds but like your focus should be okay today i just need to work out you know because then it's not so daunting so it's huge yeah. advice um so you're really not gonna tell me your biggest big, biggest success i know it's hard because well, you got those gold gold golds I mean, you so know many <laughs> no <laughs> you know i i think my biggest success is um doing it as a mom you know, like I, like I, ha- I adore my career. It, it just feels me as a human, you know, I'm developing as a woman and a person in this world because of this career. Um, and I just grew, came out of the, my parents, womb, my mom's womb, like wanting to be a mom. And so the fact that I was, a, I've been able to still compete, um, and keep my family close, closely connected, you know, my husband and I have a great relationship. It's hard as hell excuse my language, but we have to fight really hard because I'm gone for weeks at a time. My kids have to sacrifice. I have to sacrifice. And the fact that we've done it all together while still loving and liking each other um, is awesome. And that's why I want to, I don't know if I want to go back to Paris, but that's, I, I want to keep going because I just, I want that fairy tale ending. I want to outlast the hard times where the last four years, five years have been really hard. And I want to do it with my family and I want us all to arrive at whatever the next mountaintop is together, having triumphed. You know, there's lots of ways to triumph, but like, Mm -hmm. I want to win. Like, the literal triumph. I want that too. Um, well, I love how you say you want to end with a fairy tale ending. I'm like, I feel like you already did it. I mean, oh. I mean, generations have been inspired by your performances for years. Um, and this is just something, this is so offbeat, but the athlete in me has to ask this because you obviously have had really grueling competition, competitions, workouts where you're probably just exhausted, lactic acid in your legs, can't move a muscle. <laughs> Which one is harder, that or having a kid? Oh, hell. Well, having <laughs> having a kid is the best thing I've ever done. No, I'm talking about physically. I'm no, not it's about the gnarliest life. thing I've ever done, and therefore the best thing I've ever done. Like, I feel like I was built to have children. My mom's had eight kids. She carried triplets for her sister. Like, I'm, like, built with that DNA. So you're I, saying you were in the labor delivery room, and it was easy? No. No. I'm not saying No. No, I'm the good to things. Out. I want kids. I want family. I'm just. I'm nervous. Lolo, you're going to love every this. moment. Which Dude. one's harder, running 400s? Or having, having a baby? A Are you crazy? <laughs> My God, it's the most painful. It's like soul pain. It's so incredible. But it like fudge, man. I just felt different after that. Man, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved all of it. 
well, okay. Well, thanks for making me more frightened to have my first child and also... Oh, yeah, you're built for it. It's so fun. And even if you have to have a cesarean or even whatever, like there's so many magical ways to do it. But for me, I was so blessed that like delivery was so painful. Like I almost quit, like, you know, and went for you drugs every time. You quit delivery. Well, like give me drugs. No, it wasn't going to quit. But, um, you you're know, like, like... Sorry, kid. This, this match is yeah, over. We need to take you're a T.L. inside. <laughs> No, no, it just was wonderful. I'm excited for you because to me, it was the biggest gift ever to experience that. Um, and now to be raising these little souls and guiding them and like learning from them, it's just, man, life is beautiful. Well, do you think any of your kids will play uh, beach volleyball? I mean, if the money was better. Wow. <laughs> Two million in 20 years, Lolo. I don't know if you're doing your math right. But, um, you know, they're, they're sporties. They, whatever's in the season they're playing, which I really love, you know, I want them to have have range and do as much as they can as long as they love it so um i don't know but my our oldest I, all of them are really special obviously in their own way our oldest legit is my favorite athlete of all time like wow. he trumps jordan to me and i because whatever jordan had that make jordan jordan yeah um my son has that and he's 12 so we'll see where <laughs> it goes but it's like something so special to me yeah, well, you're probably yeah. watching all your Olympic competitions. I, mean, I don't know, man. He came out that way. You'll appreciate this. So he, when he plays baseball, he goes, "Mama, one day he's he goes, do you know what I do when I'm I'm waiting in the field for the for the other team to hit?" I was like, "No, what do you do, babe?" He goes, "I pray for the ball to come to me," and I'm like, oh. "You're the gnarliest. Like I'm going to start doing that." He like you know what it. I'm saying? He wants it. He invites it, and it comes to him so much. Dang. Yeah. Every so time I played. I'm like, do not let this ball come anywhere near me. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And it comes I'm to you. <laughs> very comfortable over here without any action. <laughs> You're so cute. Yeah, we all have our things, but that to me is really impressive, and it kind of sums him up in a nutshell. Speaking of kids, and now we're gonna go back and uh, talk about you as a younger athlete kid um what was your first memory of success in any sport oh gosh um well one of my favorite memories so i grew up near santa cruz which is a beach town in northern california and we did junior lifeguards and i hated the water i would fake having an ear infection every day so i wouldn't have to go in the ocean and get eaten by a shark but i really loved the the running stuff you know flags and all these sprints and long distance and so one day we had i think it was a 2 mile run it was a race and it was the boys and girls mix and we're kicking butt like i i finished third and there were nice. two boys ahead of me and i just we all all three of us smoked everyone else and i remember at the end and my parents were there cheering i remember at the end my parents were like carrie why didn't you go harder at the end and i was like I am so proud because I went my hardest the whole time, you know, and yeah. it felt like such a personal victory and they didn't, un they didn't see it the way I saw it, but I was okay with it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so mentally become, becoming, you know, 30 years later being an athlete, that was a very poignant moment for me because I gave it my whole heart and I felt like a winner and I got third. You know what I'm saying? I like this and I like that your first memory is running. Uh, <laughs> totally can relate to Running that. to avoid the ocean, but yes, it was running. <laughs> I thought it was totally going to be something about volleyball or I don't no. know. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Um, so if that wasn't, if volleyball wasn't your first uh, memory of competing, do you remember your first volleyball victory? No, you know, when I think of volleyball, I just, I honestly loved it from the go. Like our very first practice, I was 10 years old in the fifth grade. My mom was coaching and I was like, what is this magical sport? I'm in love with it. And I would come home and just, I'd be in the mirror, like working on my arm swing and looking in the technique. And I would do the approach jumps up and down my parents' hallway and play off the roof. Like 
And I'm still that way. Like I still love the sport that mm. much, which is so weird. Obviously time is different, and but I'm still skipping up and down my parents' hallway doing that damn approach because I feel like there's more in me, you know? So my, I think volleyball, I just, I, it's been a love affair from the get-go. From day one. Day well, one. Then you're really going to love this question. Uh, do you remember your first memory of like losing, um, whether it's beach volleyball or, I mean, I guess you already kind of told that in your first one, you lost the, the, you were proud of your third place finish with the running. But like, what about when you're mm. starting to get into volleyball? Was there any um, one where you're just like, I don't know. I see yeah. you always like cool, calm and collected. Carrie, I'm, I'm just digging for the Who team. are you Wait, kidding, have you Lolo? It? Have you okay. lost it? Literally lost it. And then the competition filled. Like lost my mind, like and freaked out. Well, just the first time you were really annoyed by losing. Oh well, I, uh, I mean, so many times. So many. Times. I'm a, such a bad loser. It's so unfortunate, <laughs> but um, I just you, you know such just a bad loser. Sometimes it just makes stays you a really with me. No, yeah. I mean, I clearly if I if I hated losing as much as I love winning, I would have retired because it's <laughs> it's unbearable, you know. Yeah. Um, but for me, you know, I remember being in high school at this one tournament, and I was just off, and I felt like every time I went to go for a kill, like they had an answer for me, and it was so confusing. And I remember my coach, I pulled him aside. I was like, coach, like, give me practice. Like, tell me what to do. I need to fix this right now. And he's like, he's like, Carrie, they're scouting you now. This is such an opportunity for you to go and get creative. And he's like, you just, if they stop you, there's another way. And he like really kind of opened up my mind that it's all about cracking the egg, you know? And when you stop, it doesn't mean they're onto you. It means you have to go another route and you have to figure it out. And that really helped me so much. Instead of being like, oh, I'm failing, you know, I'm like letting everyone down. It's like, no, this is part of it. Well, your coach is definitely giving you an early lesson on uh, failures. What were some other lessons you have learned from winning and losing? I mean, uh, I feel like sometimes I learn so much from losing a competition. Oh, hell. I mean, it's such, it's such a vulnerable place and you're so exposed, you know? And I think the gift of being exposed is that your weaknesses are on display and you can either run from them or you can go and develop them, you know? So losing and being picked on and having bad matches, I think it's just the contrast you need to live to push to push you and to provoke you into training the things that you maybe aren't spending enough time on. You know, I want to be autonomous out there. Like I want to be self-sufficient and not have to rely on anybody. And, um, you know, it's not always going to be that way. And I think you have to live the hell, the nightmare situations in order to get out of your comfort zone and to be pushed into better and new, you know, it's like on those edges where you're so uncomfortable and you're so frustrated and you want to quit or scream or whatever it is, or say, F you, like get off me. You know, that's when you're like, you literally, it's like the decision-making time, you know, Mm -hmm. am I going to just settle for where I'm at and just like, no, things are going to be harder from here and out, or am I going to push through this, develop myself more and create even more range, you know? When you got the bronze medal at the Olympic Games, obviously because you had golds before that, yeah. uh, I mean, I know it's winning a bronze, but it's also losing gold. What mm-hmm. w- what was your takeaway from that moment? Well, losing gold is heartbreaking. You know, like it's it's it was so gnarly. Like the amount of shame I felt because I had a bad game in the semi. The amount of shame I felt. I didn't sleep. I mean, maybe I slept for one hour before my next match. Cause, and there's 24 hours in between, right? So I'm bawling. I'm walking around in circles. My husband's trying to console me. Um, it was so devastating. And then, but the gift of it was that we had another chance to come back. You know, in your races, you finish one, two, or three, you know, however it goes, and then you're done. And I think the gift of our sport is that you do get another chance to come back and to fight for that bronze. And that's why I say you have to win the bronze, you know? Um, you just don't kind of fall into it. But um, it was the hardest thing. It was the biggest gift for me. You know, it really exposed all of my weaknesses, 
um, I knew what they were already, but it's like when you, when you fail on that world stage, it's kind of like that inner critic and that devil inside your head gets louder. And I, I allowed it to get really loud. And so four years after Rio, I was still working on my self-confidence and working oh. on owning, owning everything, you know, and, and, and being okay with having that on my resume, you know? So I love that. It was a gift. It was a life gift for sure. And then to win, you know, cause we started out in the bronze medal match pl- playing like crap. It was like a rerun of the night before. And I was like, Oh my hell, this is literally the worst nightmare happening again. And then we came together, which is one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in sports is that if you're on a team, whatever team you're on, whether you're the face of your team, right. But you have your trainers and all these things. When things get hard, you have to go like this. You cannot mm. go like this. You have to come like this with yourself. You have to come like this with your partners and your teams. And that's how you outlast because so much of excellence is outlasting the hard moments, right? And even when it's so dark outside, like looking for the good, what's working and walking in faith regardless, you know? So that's the gift of, that I got from the bronze. Uh, that's powerful. Outlasting. Outlasting. I mean, so many people just give up or give in right before they're about to have a breakthrough. So that's uh, definitely something I can take away um, as I've been frustrated without through my journey throughout my career coming up short with an Olympic medal. But you said just outlasting your failures. Yeah. Well, it's all for a purpose, right? All for a purpose. Man, you're a rad human being for having suffered. And that's suffering. Like, that's true suffering. And you have the media on top of it and jerks around you. Like, that's, it's gnarly what you go through. Oh, it's you're not gonna just, make me cry. We're going to have to end this podcast. I think you're dope, Lolo. <laughs> I'm excited. You're a champion is, my, is the bottom line, you know? Tell that to my Twitter trolls. <laughs> well, they can, they can suck it. Yeah, they can suck it. <laughs> Respectfully speaking. <laughs> Carrie, now we're going to get into some of the best advice you've ever received and some of the worst advice. I'll start with the worst advice is someone told me, it's okay. You don't have to be attracted to the person you marry. That was probably the worst advice I've gotten. Oh, <laughs> that's not, that's interesting. That's not good advice. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, so what's your worst advice no one's ever given you? Yeah. That person needs to be nixed from your, from your Rolodex. Um, <laughs> the worst advice I feel like I've ever gotten is always the advice that's counter to my intuition. Um, when I was working on getting pregnant with our first, um, I was told, do not do that. Um, you're going to ruin your career. I was told not to take my husband's last name. You're going to ruin your brand. Um, you know, I, just these things that I want in my life with all my heart. You know, the advice was like, don't do that. You're sacrificing too much, and it was lame. It's not the truth. You know. Yeah, the name thing uh, is huge for female athletes because uh, I hear that in track and field a lot. When athletes get married, they're like, "Dude, you don't change your name. People know you as this. Don't put the hyphen. Don't change." And so I love that you brought that up. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Well, to finish that, hold on. I just I just vehemently disagree. Like, had I changed my name on day one of being married, like I put Walsh as my middle name, but it's an identity crisis, Lolo. Like people call mm. my husband Mister Walsh. That's not cool. You yeah. know, like, and I'm my, my kid's mom. Like, I want to be Carrie Jennings. That's who I am. And now I, yeah. I built up this thing because I didn't do that right away. And it's, it's a literal nightmare, you know, um, but whatever. There's worse things to have. So I would say if, you know, if you're going to be Taylor, Lolo Taylor, when you get married, be Lolo Taylor as you're pursuing your excellence. That's beautiful. Or not, whatever. Just make a decision and stick with it. Best advice I ever got, the most random story ever, sitting by Jimmy Kimmel's mother on an airline I will not mention. And we, uh, she was going to celebrate her, like a big wedding anniversary. And I was like, well, what's your secret? You know, cause my husband and I have been to hell and back. Like 
a million times, you know, and we had, we've had a fight for our relationship. And she said, the best piece of advice I can give you is that when things get hard and you're fighting with your man, your partner, you got to run together when times get hard, not run apart. And I thought that was so beautiful. And then it made me think of another piece of advice that I got with parenting that says, when your kids seem so unlovable, that's when they need love most. And that to me applies to everything across the board, you know, not just parenting, not just relationships, but life, business, you know, every human interaction. I think you have to outlast, you have to be fully committed because there's so much intimacy and conflict, you know, but because you have to, if you want a long standing partnership, if you want the life of your dreams, you're going to have to go through really hard times. And if you come together in those hard times and you give yourself a chance, you know, if you run apart, I think space is very valuable, but I think generally if you just keep running apart, you're just going to keep furthering, furthering and furthering the divide and then life is hard. So that was the best advice times two. This advice has me wanting to go text every ex. We're going to come together. <laughs> Carrie said it. We're going through tough times. But she said we so, got to come together. <laughs> Some exes are meant to be exes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But man, I don't know. I Most just turned 39. It was like, I was like, all right, who am I desperate enough to call today? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I got a trainer who's super cute. Yeah, yeah. Send the picture. Send. Yeah, well, the picture it. you're gonna you're gonna like the picture. He's and he's a great soul. So great guy. He's a great oh, I guy. It. I love him. See, having yeah. you on the podcast, and now I'll be married in a year. Oh, I just I just got to go to the wedding. That's all. <laughs> I'm gonna send you his details. 100. <laughs> percent Absolutely. <laughs> Carrie, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I I love talking with you. I always take away something that's like a game changer for me. Um, and you're just an awesome soul. And I can tell why you have been so successful over your career. Oh, Lola. Well, thank you. Same, same for you, darling. I'm so impressed. I cannot wait to cheer you on with all my heart. And you're already a champ, right? Just go do you. You're going to kick go everyone's butt. Have some fun. Bobsled, here I come. You got a legion behind you, kid. Thank you. Welcome. Thanks so much for joining us and always remember that greatness finds us by obstacles in front of us. 